Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me today. The phone number, if you'd like to be a part of the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, if you'd like to be a part of the program. They have come, the media, they have come to Biden's defense. You are being mean to Joe Biden. You're being not nice. You're being nasty. Shame, shame on you. How dare you be mean to Joe Biden? Scott Whitlock uh, just got promoted to be the research director for the Media Research Center and congratulations to him, great guy. Wonderful, wonderful group, the Media Research Center. My friend Brent Bozell is in charge of the Media Research Center. They are fantastic and they do great research, including this. TV networks mentioned Trump's polling twice as much as Biden. During the same period of time, Trump's polling got mentioned from uh, August to October 2017 versus August to October 2021. Trump's got mentioned 37 times, Biden only 19. And Biden's polling has plummeted compared to Trump's, which had flatlined early on and never rebounded. And yet the media kept citing Trump's polling and never wants to cite Joe Biden's polling. Well, now there's this in the Washington Post. Biden's critics hurl increasingly vulgar taunts. I've watched Dune. The HBO, Warner Brothers movie, it's on HBO as well. You need to see it in IMAX allegedly, but I've got a giant TV and a great sound system, and I felt no need to go see it in IMAX, although I, I miss IMAX. I, I would like to go see it in IMAX, but it's fine. I mean, it's a great movie. Dune is a well-done, well-made, beautiful. It's actually our cinematography. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. The story of Dune is of Paul Atreides. Now, you don't get this if you watch that, that terrible movie version with Sting. You do get it kind of in this movie, and it is run through in the original book. Essentially, it's a retelling of Muhammad to a degree, or the Mahdi. It's it's a, a Messiah is coming, and the author kind of wove in themes of Jesus and Muhammad, really made it a Lawrence of Arabia type as well. And one of the things the movie catches that's in the book is that there's a group of women, and I realize this gets in too much into the backstory here, but thousands of years, there's a, a group of women, the Bene Gesserit, and they, behind the scenes, move the strings of power, and they do a breeding program to try to breed someone who will be a messiah. Through selective breeding, they hope to get someone who will have their powers and be able to do things, and it arrives in the form of this guy, Paul Atreides. And what they do as his family moves to a new world is they, ahead of time, begin seeding in the consciousness of the people of this planet, that he is their chosen one. They believe their religion calls for a Messiah. The book suggests, and, and so does the movie, that this entire idea of a Messiah was planted by this group of women. And then as, as the Atreides family moves to this planet Arrakis, the locals are seated with the idea that this kid is their Mahdi. He is their Messiah. It turns out he, he ultimately 
leads a um, universe, war across the universe, a bloody religious jihad that he allows to happen because he can see two futures of a very bloody jihad or one that's even more bloody without it. So he goes with the one that costs the fewest lives. That's neither here nor there. The, the whole idea, though, is this group of people have seeded the idea of this Messiah and they expect people to embrace him. Did the media not do this with Joe Biden? The media during the Democratic primaries pushed the polling hard that only Joe Biden could stop Donald Trump. All of the other Democrats polled far short of Donald Trump. They seeded the idea of if he was, in effect, a messiah. Joe Biden was. He was a deliverer. He was Moses delivering the people from Donald Trump. And the people embraced Joe Biden. But things haven't quite gone according to plan. Things have not gone the way the Democrats intended it to go. In fact, what's happened is gas prices are up, food prices are up, inflation is up, Afghanistan, the border crisis. Dr. Fauci has now been exposed to be someone other than who the media claimed he was. Joe Biden won't answer questions from the press. He seems a bit out to lunch. The people have turned on him, but they haven't just turned on him. They've embraced a level of vulgarity against Joe Biden. A word on that vulgarity. I will admit when I am on the golf course, my tongue gets the better of me and I say words you should not say. Words, words in fact, that would get me fired on radio. And I have a problem with the casual vulgarity more and more Americans are using, the people who put bumper stickers on the back of their car with expletives, or the mass chance of F Joe Biden when they say the word, not just F. I just, I find it to be not good, uh, to be a sign of societal decay that we are willing to be that degenerate in our open language. I really do. And I, I, I do feel strongly about it. It's one thing for you and your friends to utter expletives with each other, but when it becomes casual within culture, the vulgarity of culture, I think it, it's something we shouldn't applaud. Whether you think it's honest or not, I, I don't think we in casual society should be in general uttering those words for public consumption with children's ears around. I don't. That's why I really like Let's Go Brandon. I think Let's Go Brandon serves the exact same purpose without the vulgarity. The Washington Post has decided to explore this phenomenon. On a quiet street south of downtown Boise, Michael Dick has festooned his front yard with homemade signs, including a large yellow placard that facetiously thanks Joe Biden for a growing list of grievances, $4 a gallon of gas, inflation, Afghanistan, COVID-19. In capital letters and black marker, Dick, age 59, recently added dead civilians and dead U.S. soldiers to his bill of particulars. In another part of town, alongside a no trespassing sign, Michael Schwartz, 60, uses black spray paint to scrawl Joe Blows across an electric pink poster board. And that's mild compared to the sentiment some people, largely in conservative areas, 
are expressed in their front yards and on the signs they lug with them to greet Biden as he travels the country. On Wednesday, when the president visited Scranton, Pennsylvania, he was greeted at the corner of Biden Street by a woman holding a handmade F. Joe Biden sign. She wrote out the word with an American flag as the vowel in the offending word. And back in Boise, Rod Johnson, a retired gunsmith, has hung a blue flag from the roof of his home that reads F. Biden. Underneath, in smaller letters, he adds an F.U. for voting for him. I'm not the only Republican who doesn't like Biden, Johnson, 68, said in an interview, sporting a proud, a red, proud white American hat and puffing a skinny cigar. I just chose to show it. In fact, around the country... There's been a level of vulgarity embraced by Trump supporters against Joe Biden, including the the Let's Go Brandon chant. And a lot of people just shouting FJB. A buddy of mine has a hat. He's got an American flag and next to it it says FJB. I thought that was very clever. And they're upset that they put that much energy into getting Joe Biden across the finish line and y'all have not embraced your Messiah. This is on you. This is, this is shameful for you. And it's all according to them, Donald Trump's fault because you know, Donald Trump referred to immigrants from S hole countries. He tweeted Mitt Romney was a pompous a hole. He, he said all sorts of vulgarities. And so now Trump's followers are embracing the vulgarity. Mike Murphy, a Republican strategist and Trump critic, says one of the many legacies of the Trump presidency is he normalized angry speech. Trump and our culture in general have beaten decorum out of politics, so now it's just angry rage therapy. I'm old enough to remember the day Trump got elected and people wearing pink knitted hats that were to be emblematic of a woman's female reproductive organs set fire to limousines in the streets of Washington and uttered profanity to try to drown out Trump's inaugural speech. I'm old enough to remember people referring to Donald Trump as the Antichrist and using all sorts of vulgarity about him. I'm old enough to remember the Saturday Night Live skits that use vulgarity about Trump. I'm old enough to remember the comic stand-up lines that were embraced by progressives across the country using all sorts of profanity, horrible words to describe not just Donald Trump, but his wife, too. And, of course, you know, the the media, this this story in the Washington Post, they, they try to get to a little of that, a little bit of that, that, yes, it's true. People said not nice things about Donald Trump. But they blame Trump for it. And they blame you for it. So according to these reporters in the White House, the White House, they didn't even know about Let's Go Brandon. They had no idea Administration officials sought to downplay the phenomenon and at least one claim to be unfamiliar with the Let's Go Brandon chant or its cruder cousin, though they are now chanted everywhere from football stadiums to concert arenas to local bars. I had never heard of that chant until you explained it to me, said White House spokesman Andrew Bates. I guess I've not spent enough time on 8chan or whatever.
they don't like, the media does not like, and they can't be fair about it. They can't be honest about it. They can't go through the litany of horrors comparing George W. Bush to a Nazi, comparing George W. Bush to Hitler, to the horrible things said about George W. Bush. They only care about these things when it happens to their side. And it is, by the way, their side. The Democrats are the media's side. They, the horrible things were said about George W. Bush and about Dick Cheney. Remember all the awful racist things said about Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice by the left? And it was all forgotten. And then when Barack Obama, those people are racist. Those, those Republicans are racist. Here are the things they're saying about Barack Obama. It's like, I was hearing these things from you guys about Condi Rice and Colin Powell and Clarence Thomas. I don't like the vulgarity. I don't think we should normalize it. But it's really rich for the media to run these stories about it when they ignored all of it against Donald Trump. They ignored all of it against George W. Bush. They ignore all of it against conservatives and Republicans. But only when they're chosen, they're Mahdi, they're Messiah, the man who would rescue them from the guy who hated the media. Only when people start chanting, let's go Brandon to him, does the media care about the chance and the vulgarity. Otherwise, the media celebrates the vulgarity. They celebrate it. They write op-eds about it. They're happy with it when it happens to you and me and the people we support. It's their side. You can't do it to them. And see, this is why it's going to become worse. This is why we're going to see our own purges of some kind in politics these days. Because when the cultural elite in this country are perfectly happy with the abuse and the invective and the chants and the vulgarity, but only when directed against the people they don't like, you have a lot of Americans who will embrace it even further and amplify it even further and escalate it even further as a big middle finger back to those guys. And I may not like it, but I at least understand what's going on. The way we use the internet, well, it's changed over the last decade. Security tools have mostly stayed the same. Aura provides complete digital security to help protect your online accounts, finances, devices, and so much more in an easy-to-use app. Most credit card companies do a good job of protecting you against fraudulent purchases, but what if a scammer files for unemployment in your name or if your social media account's hacked? Aura's protection goes beyond your credit card. Between your photos, your finances, your devices, your connections, your world's more online than ever. You may have security systems in place for real life, but what about your online life? Aura can sound the alarm if your digital presence is at risk. They provide digital security protection. They keep your online finances, your personal information, and your technology safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection for identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, so much more. With Aura, you'll get notified for to fraud and threats fast. If your online accounts, your passwords are leaked online, someone, you're, you're going to be told by Aura. Like a lot of people, they won't tell you. Aura is easy to set up. All plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover stolen funds and experience U.S.-based customer support that's got your back. For a limited time, Aura is offering you guys 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You go to Aura.com slash Eric, again, E-R-I-C-K. 
You get complete protection. You get savings of up to 40%. That's Aura.com slash Eric, A-U-R-A dot com slash E-R-I-C-K. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. Phone number is 877-973-7425. To the phones we go. Kathy, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program, Kathy. Hi. I just had a light in the moment kind of a feeling a few minutes ago when you were talking about the Brandon thing. Uh-huh. Um, I did not know what that meant. And I asked my husband, so he proceeded to explain it all to me and everything. And my first thought was, oh, that poor woman who didn't know and was looking on the bright side. How yeah. must she feel? And my heart went out to her. And then I remembered an incident in my life when I lived in Rabin County, Georgia, a long time ago, went into a business and saw a number three with a ribbon on one of my friend's shirts. Of course, it was Dale Earnhardt, I think, that passed away. Yeah. And I said, what does number three mean? She looked at me like, what planet do you live on? And I thought you had sense to walk around, but obviously you don't. So I just thought that might be a little bit of a light in the day. Because, yeah, and, and you yeah, know, Kathy, I, I, I got, I'll got. i explain this for, for people who may not know. But, you, you know, one of the things I actually think is that the reporter had to pretend she didn't know so that they oh. wouldn't have any FCC issues for having had that word go over a live broadcast. She had to act as if she uh-huh. didn't hear it. That's that's my theory oh, yeah. anyway, and, and I've had several yeah. other people tell me yeah. they think that's the case. But, yeah, you're, you're right. Thank you very much for that. Now, for those of you who don't know, let's go, Brandon. Uh, so Brandon's somebody, I forget his last name, he wins the NASCAR race. And the NASCAR crowd in the background as he's being interviewed by the NBC news correspondent, NBC sports correspondent, the crowd is chanting F Joe Biden. It is loud enough that you can hear it on your TV at home. And the NBC Sports broadcaster interviewing Brandon, the winner of the NASCAR race, says, how does it feel now? You weren't expected to win, and now you've even got the crowd chanting, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> and even Brandon was like, uh, uh, um, I'm, I don't think that's what they're saying. And so it became, I mean, it became great because if, if you think it's kind of funny, but you're like me, not, don't think we should normalize the, the profanity and vulgarity of it. Let's go. Brandon serves a purpose. It is those who know, know. Those who it is explained to will more than likely find it very funny. Just to say, I mean, really, this poor reporter, I really do think, you know, if, if those words go over the air. If they are, if, if it's sustained, like if there's a, if there's an accidental slip up, you're, you're probably okay. But if it's sustained as this chant was, then the network is responsible because you can't say that word on live broadcast television or recorded for that matter. You, you can't say it during the day. And this reporter, I just, I, the way I think it is, is. She had to pretend she heard them say, let's go, Brandon, as opposed to F. Joe Biden, in order to avoid uh, having any sort of uh, repercussions with the Federal Communications Commission. I, I really do think that's probably it. All right. Uh, we we got we to gotta move on to other things. But it, so I'll, I'll spend a moment on the Dave Chappelle stuff here. Uh, when we come back and did you know Juliana Margulies, the actress, she's on the morning show. It's an Apple TV plus show with Reese Witherspoon and, and uh, uh, Jennifer Anderson. 
she plays a lesbian on the show and she apparently isn't one in real life. And apparently she's got hell to pay. Now the, the left is mad at her for playing a lesbian on, on TV when she's not, I just, when I, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted by the demands, including an unusual attack as this Chappelle stuff ramps up again, because he's now spoken a very unusual attack out of Hollywood that I bet none of you could even perceive would be an attack on Chappelle for what he said in response to the transgender movement. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson. The phone number, phone lines are open, operators are standing by, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I have spent more time in the last few weeks on this Dave Chappelle controversy than I should. Although I've uh, done it in drips, not in in full monologues, not in full large segments on the show, except the very first time uh, to review Dave Chappelle, the uh, very famous now black comedian, probably the greatest stand-up comedian alive today, did a an hour presentation on Netflix. It was very uh, thematic. And it had a lot to do with the antagonism he gets from the transgender community. And he made a point about empathy's got to go both ways and that he's very empathetic to the black, uh, to the transgender community. And in fact, has transgender friends, including one who committed suicide after being bullied for having defended him from the transgender community. And that uh, he doesn't think empathy goes both ways with them. And he has issued a response. Now there was an, a walkout at Netflix of transgender employees and he's issued a response and said he will not be summoned and he will not get on a knee, that, that if they want to meet, he is happy to meet. They claim that they asked to meet with him, and he says that's not true at all. No one ever asked to meet with him, that if they had asked, he would have met. And one of the, the funny funny bits here is he says in this, it's only about a five-minute monologue in front of a crowd, he says that they claim that they want a safe space at Netflix to work. And the only one who can't go to the office is Dave Chappelle. He ends it by noting that this past summer for COVID, he, a neighbor, he lives in a rural part of Ohio. And a neighbor with a farm allowed Dave Chappelle to set up a stage and he flew in some of the top comedians on the planet to do stand-up routines for a crowd in the field. They would stand in the field, so socially distanced outside where it was safe to be during the height of COVID, and they would do stand-up shows, and they made a movie about it. He got invited to all the film industry uh, showings and in all the, the film festivals, and they've all rescinded the invites to him after the transgender community got mad. And he says it's, it's not a... It's not the majority of the transgender community. Don't blame the LGBTQ plus community. It's it's a handful of them, and yet they hold Hollywood hostage, this handful of people. It, it's not uh, representative of the community as a whole, but they're lo- vocal, plugged in, angry, and connected, and now they're trying to cancel Dave Chappelle. And so he ends by saying, am I canceled or not? I'm going to make this available in 10, 10 cities. Will you show up for it? He's going to put this in, see if he's canceled, show up for it. Essentially, Dave Chappelle is daring them to try to cancel him. He wants to see, is he canceled? Can they cancel a black man who disagrees with some of them, not all of them, who shows empathy, but it's not reciprocated? 
I am intrigued by this because perhaps this is the beginning of people finally standing up for their rights. People finally standing up to be able to say things. People finally standing up to the bullies. And by the way, it, it is bullying. Listen, I am of the opinion that it is, it's a mental issue. But I also understand it's someone going through something and we all go through something and we may not all go through the same thing and we may not all understand what each of us is going through, but we're all going through something, including these people. But I shouldn't have to embrace the language and terminology of them and accept their conclusions. And yet you get punished if you don't. And Chappelle is in, in that position. Chappelle is in a position where he's, I mean, he probably is the greatest comedian of our time. And I don't think there's actually a dispute in that. And they're, they're after him now. As they say, they, they say it's about accountability. The left doesn't like to say they're canceling people. And this is the larger issue. And this, I, I, I bring him up here. He has made this response, but it's actually a larger issue. Barack Obama was on stage for Terry McAuliffe campaigning and he's, he's blasting Republicans for waging a culture war. Now you should note Barack Obama himself has made culture war a thing. Barack Obama has engaged in culture war. Barack Obama has pushed trans athletes and the like. This is becoming an issue where parents are more and more saying, nah, I'm not so fast. There is a whole body of research, including some very recent, highly credible research that, that's made it into the uh, medical journals that if someone grows up a boy and makes it through puberty and produces testosterone, they may later in life transition, but it is that testosterone boost in their teen years into their early 20s that gives them an added edge. And that added edge remains. Male and female bodies are different. Now, I got to I gotta tell you all something. I, I have hit middle age and this is so stupid. And this genuinely is stupid. It is, it is stupid and I hate telling you this and I shouldn't tell you this for my own pride's sake, but I'm going to tell you, I am in an extraordinary amount of pain right now. And I don't know what happened yesterday morning. I pinched a nerve and damaged a muscle in my neck and shoulder area. And I spent a good deal of yesterday. I mean, I got in my car within 10 minutes of getting off this program and was at the uh, orthopedic outpatient facility near my house. And I have had a, a pain and nerve blocking shot in my neck. I have had a cortisone shot in my rear end and I am on painkillers and muscle relaxers. And I will not take them before this program because I don't want them to dull the delivery of my content. And so when I get off of here, I will go take some medicine and, and alleviate the pain. I've hit middle age and these sorts of things happen. Your, your body just begins to fall apart on you and it's, it's not fun. But, but. Your body, if you're a man, is different 
from a female body. And we're, we're living in this weird postmodern age where people's emotions trump people's truth and people have their own truth, not the truth. And we're supposed to just, just accept that a, a man can become a woman or a woman can become a man. But, but biologically, we're, we're not talking your feelings. I don't care about your feelings. I care about your feelings, but not on this issue. We're talking about biologically, a, a man can't become a woman, nor can a woman become a man. It is biologically impossible. You cannot change your chromosomes. And we're not talking about the exceptions to the rule, the people who are born with an abnormality where they have uh, three chromosomes, they've got an XXY or an XYX or, or XXXY or XXXX. We're not talking about that. The, the, those are the rarities. We're talking about normal. You can't change. And studies show that boys who transition to become girls, they still have an added edge. Muscularly, they still have an added edge. Physically, skeletally, they have an edge. And the left has so embraced these issues that parents are turning against them in sports now. There's more and more polling out. More than 50% of parents... According to recent polling from a variety of pollsters, more than 50% of parents are concerned about boys competing on girls' athletic teams and thereby depriving naturally born girls of scholarship opportunities in sports or awards in sports. And you know that this is taken off as a credible issue when the Republicans in the Senate, not, not the House Republicans with Kevin McCarthy, the very cool and calculated Senate Republicans led by Mitch McConnell, are now using this as an issue on the campaign trail. Why? Because it's resonating with parents. It's resonating in ways they didn't think it would resonate last year. Donald Trump could have used the issue. In fact, it was the end of the campaign in 2020. Donald Trump started talking about this issue because his polling began to show this was an issue that moved voters. But it was too late. He didn't start talking about it really regularly on the campaign trail until October of 2020 after early voting had already begun. The Republicans now are seizing on the issue in part because they see it's an issue in Virginia. Y'all, people love their kids. People love their kids. And if your child is transgender, you love your child. I would hope. Your child's going through something. You may not understand what your child is going through, but love your child. You love your neighbor. You love your child. You do to them as you would want them to do to you. And that may be in part you want them to know the actual truth. But you also want to understand they're, they're going through something. They're going through something. But you also need to know that just because your child is going through something does not mean that you can impose what they are going through on other people. And there are more of those other people than there are of you. And this is where crazy town comes to town and starts demanding that the rest of us go along with an agenda and an idea and a philosophy and a, a, a non-scientific, philosophical, pseudo-scientific idea, and parents are starting to resent it. Because parents are starting to see it crop up in schools in ways that defy 
something physically is going on here. And parents are starting to see their kids get hurt by it. This goes back to a rule I always told candidates. I used to be a campaign consultant. I used to be a campaign manager. I would run campaigns. I was the consultant. I was the manager. I'd do the polling. I'd do the mail. I'd do the ads. I, I, I've done every part of a campaign. I've even run for office successfully, I might add. Know when you're in the minority, even when you think you're right. Know when you are in the minority, even when you think you are right. You may think you are right. But you got to know you're in the minority. I, I got a friend who's probably listening right now. He is very concerned with heritage. It's one of the issues he faults his governor, Brian Kemp, on that, that he doesn't think Kemp has done enough to preserve the heritage of the South. He he does not like it when I talk about slavery in, in the Civil War. And he makes some valid points that you may not want to run from, but you shouldn't run from because he's got some valid points there in some of what he says. I, and I disagree with him on some, and he disagrees with me on some. And and I just it, it's I think you gotta know when you're the minority, though. And and he is self-aware enough to realize he's in the minority. Some people, however, are in the minority on topics and they think they're in the majority. And because they think they're in the majority, they behave as if they're in the majority and it further marginalizes them. And that's what the Democrats are doing on education. For the first time in 30, 40 years, Democrats are now losing on the issue of who's better in education, Republicans or Democrats. Republicans have never won this issue and suddenly they are because of what the Democrats are doing on these issues. They forgot that they were in the minority and they forgot that they were in the minority in large part because the bubble in which they inhabit, they're in the majority. In the bubble in which the Democrats exist, they can look at what's happening to Dave Chappelle and think, ah, yeah, it's good. We're, We're shutting up a black man for the new most oppressed class. In the intersectional classes, a, a successful rich black man is more oppressive than a transgender person. In the, the scale of intersectionality, that's where we've arrived at now. The, the sands have shifted in Dave Chappelle, the goat of comedy, can be canceled. Or can he? And therein lies the rub. Dave Chappelle, in his, his, in his speech, in his monologue, asks at the end, am I canceled? And the crowd yells, no. And he says he's putting his film that was widely accepted, widely embraced by the film festival community. He's, he's putting it in 10 theaters because now all those festivals that told him come, they're saying, nope, nope, can't come anymore. You're going to get people mad at us. So he's putting it in theaters to see, will you show up and see it? Or, or is he really, are you going to cancel him by your refusal to participate? And nationwide, we're seeing parents saying, you can't cancel our kids in favor of your kids. You can't deny my daughter a scholarship because you, young man, have now decided you're a young woman and you have physical prowess that outperforms all the girls because you were a boy until yesterday. And the left can get mad at that. The left can can pound their foot. The left can try to shut you up, but they're not going to shut up all the parents who have a vote. They can't take their vote away. They haven't committed a felony. The parents will go vote. It's like the environmentalists and climate. 
They want you to stop driving your car. They're fine with prices going up. They're fine with oil supplies being restricted and prices going up. They're trying to cancel fossil fuels through the market, except they, they've rigged the market to cause the price to go up. People will vote. They will cancel the people who want to cancel fossil fuels because at the end of the day, if you cancel things people like, people get very mad at you and there's a backlash. A lot of people like Dave Chappelle. There will be a backlash as they try to shut him up. A lot of people like their girls getting scholarships to go to expensive schools because the parents can't afford it. You try to cancel their opportunity by putting boys on the team. They're going to cancel you. There will be a backlash coming, and we are beginning to see it happen. A week from today in Virginia, there's probably going to be that backlash at the polls. And Democrats, they'll pretend it didn't happen so they can keep going, and that's only going to cause a bigger backlash. One of the companies that you can support that is on your side as this backlash comes and is avoid can't doesn't want you canceled but wants your voice magnified is Patriot Mobile. They contribute to the conservative cause. They contribute to the side that the left would cancel. They contribute to the pro-life movement, the Second Amendment community, the veterans and first responders community. They give discounts to veterans, first responders, NRA members, large families who need multiple phone lines on their account. You can move your cell service there. You can trade your phone number over. You can get a new one. You can get a new phone. If you've got an unlocked phone, you can use it. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You get free activation. Let them know I sent you. If you want to call them, 100% U.S.-based customer service. Call them 972-PATRIOT. Say Eric sent you. You get free activation. They're a Christian conservative cell phone provider, and they fight for the causes you believe in. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. The phone number. Well, it's too late. You can't call now. No, you can't. Um, Democrats have found a new issue. You got to understand that they're trying to motivate black voters. You know, I actually heard a rumor here in Georgia. Well, there are a couple of rumors floating around that Stacey Abrams may not run next year. And it kind of makes sense when you think about it. But the other rumor I heard is that, that they've decided a new strategy is they're going to try to do a, a slate of black candidates. So for the first time in Georgia, you'd have a, a black governor's candidate, a black lieutenant governor's candidate, black secretary of state, black lieutenant governor, black ag commissioner, black labor commissioner, all, all that just try to incentivize, incentivize black voters to show up in 2022 when they're they're kind of they're they're sitting out and increasingly moving towards the GOP. That 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 may be a strategy. One of the things Democrats are doing is they're attacking some Republicans for wanting to ban Tony Morrison's book Beloved, which actually isn't a great book. It's not well written. Regardless of the merits, it's, it's it's not a great book, but some people love it. And so they're attacking Republicans now, in Virginia in particular, because Glenn Youngkin is is having a woman in an ad, and her she was upset with uh, the because of the content of the book, sexually, is the sexual nature of some of it. She didn't want her kid to read it. So the Democrats are coming out saying, Republicans want to come after this book. And I'm like, do you guys have no shame? I remember when y'all wanted to ban Dr. Seuss Earlier this year, I mean, you did ban Dr. Seuss earlier this year. You guys went after Dr. Seuss, and now you're going to come after Republicans as the book banners? I, I guess it takes one to know one, uh, but you banned Dr. Seuss. Maybe, just maybe, y'all should sit out this conversation, possibly. It's Dr. Seuss. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, 
First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 